you know what time of the week it is when you hear the boys light up and the boys are about to light up on a Tuesday night once again. Episode 5 of Keeping It Real. Who would have believed that we would have lasted five episodes, but we have. We've had some massive guests. Chatty Sayers, of course, uh, week one. Paddy Dangerfield, week two. And last week, uh, the GOAT. Nathan Gary Lyon. Uh, so we've had some huge names and uh, expecting uh, it to go up another notch tonight because it was all over to me to see who I could come up with. And uh, I reckon I've done it right. But let's get the other two boys on the phone, starting off with this man. Well, it's a big show. Oh, running, strutting out of Man Eliza tonight. How are you, Darren Chuck Berry? How are you, big man? Oh, good evening, big fella. I'm really looking forward to tonight's show uh, very much. We've had some big guests, and Ludi and I have been texting each other, wondering who on earth that you are going to get bigger than Patrick Dangerfield and Nathan Lyon. All I can say, big fella, if you roll out a little local country warnable bloke, you are going to go down heavily. This better be an international guest. That's all I'll say from the outset. Right, eh? right. I'm not going to say anything else. We better get uh, the third wheel of this uh, magnificent podcast on the line. Timmy Ludeman, how are you, big fella? Stewie, very well, thank you. <laughs> Another great week. Another great week. It has been another great week. The weeks are flying along, to be honest. Uh, not much happening in the world of sport, but uh, well, we're here to talk uh, all things sport. And uh, well, I'm just going to play a little song for you, okay? And this might give you a little bit of an understanding of who I've got. Mm-hmm. Chuck, you said you don't want me to roll out, you know, a little country boy from Warrnambool. Well, I'm going to well, say this: this bloke is from Warrnambool, okay? Have oh, a listen to this. No. Have a listen to this. Come on, you blokes. See how good your movie stuff is. What was this movie from? I don't know. What was it? Boogie Nights or something, was it? No. Come on, Ludi. <laughs> Caddyshack. No, not Caddyshack. One of the well, second best golf film behind Caddyshack. Happy Gilmore. And all the Happy way Gilmore. all the way from the United States, you blokes have got your little local Australian little sports stars that play pretty good locally, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Lion does it on the world stage. This bloke is the 15th, that's right, you heard it, the 15th best golfer in the, in, in the world, Mark Leishman. Good evening, big fella. How are you, Leish? Yeah, good boys. How you going? <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> Great to have you on too, Leash. And uh, well, I'm just rooming it to the other two because, in all honesty, uh, the pressure's been on. What guests we're going to get? One of your favourite shows, the old Happy Gilmore Leash. Did you like that as a uh, as a golf movie growing up as a young kid? Great movie, yeah. Geez, he uh, he smashed it and um, <laughs> had some fun along the way. So. Can't get much better than that. <laughs> yeah, mate, uh, I touched on it, but uh, you are ranked 15th in the world at the moment. That is huge. I say it all the time. We've had some magnificent sporting people come from Warrnambool. Timmy Ludeman being one of them, of course, playing uh, state cricket uh, on the, the big stage. Jonathan Brown, Jordan Lewis. Um, you know, the list goes on, but Mark Leishman is our biggest and our best sporting expert uh, export from Warrnambool, you blokes. It does not get any bigger than the leash, and we are so wrapped to have you on. On our little podcast, mate. Mm. No worries, thanks. I'm, uh, it's a massive honour to be on the uh, on episode five. <laughs> uh, well, well done, big fella. This is, uh, I must say, and we apologise to our listeners that we normally have a little bit of a delay when we go to Warrnambool because things down there are a little bit slow. Well, the big fella's actually dialed in Virginia Beach in America to get one of Australia's great sportsmen. I'm a little bit nervous because I've not met the Leash before, but you boys have told me he's a good down-to-earth country fella. So, uh, Leash, I'm out of order here. It's Chuck Berry, or you can call me Chuck Peterson, given you're a happy Gilmore fan. Uh, (laughs) What would you say, Leash, to, uh, at the moment, obviously on a very serious note, the world is, and we'll get to it probably with what's going on over there in America, but it's in in Australia at the moment, Golf is not allowed to be played in Victoria, and there's a lot of people very irate about this, uh, Leash. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, we're still playing over here. Um, 
I guess you know everyone's got their own own opinion on on what's okay to do and what's not okay. Um, you know, I've only mm. been I've well been off a month and I've played golf twice. Um, so I've been I've been pretty careful, especially with my wife's illnesses and all that that she still has to deal yep. with. But um, you know, don't really want her getting or anyone getting the coronavirus really. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting how things are different in state to state and as, as it is over here. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave the, those decisions to the experts because I'm certainly no expert when it comes to uh, to the health field. <laughs> Leash, just how, how big is coronavirus like in, in America? You know, like it's, it's America now has just uh, passed all the rest of the world uh, in regards to deaths and uh, people that have, uh, you know, been infected with uh, with this uh, disease or this uh, this flu. How massive is it over there, mate? Like, is it is it in total lockdown? Like, what's the feeling like around, uh, you know, the states and stuff? Yeah, they're telling... We're, we've got a stay-at-home order. So, um, you know, we can go to the store for, you know, food, um, go to the pharmacy to get medicine, and there's oh, exercise. So, um, but, a lot, like, a lot of the shops are still open. Like, the you know, the, the hardware stores and the the garden shops and um, it's not as strict as I thought it might have been. Um, but, you know, also I haven't really left home that much. I've been leaving home about once a week, twice a week. Um, and that's that's about it. So you, I'm trying not to watch the news, just to, it seems like that's all, all bad and, um, you know, can stress you out a bit. But, uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's bad, but um, well, it, it is bad. There's, there's no getting around that. But it's you know, if you're not leaving your house, you're not exposing yourself to it. So I guess that's the best thing to do. Quick, more, more we can stay at home, the quicker this will be over. Hopefully, Ludi, I just want to chime in because I know you were going to go next. But uh, you know, you say you're staying at home now. Just picture this, you two blokes. Uh, uh, Leisha's home, he's got these big uh, kind of bifold sliding doors that open up and he can actually hit golf balls from his family room and onto this beautiful manicured little uh, golf setting. I don't know whether you've seen it. He loves mowing his lawns. It's one of his uh, pastimes that he gets a fair bit out of. He, uh, he spends a lot of time out there mowing the grass and uh, manicuring this setup. So Leash, when you <laughs> say you don't have to leave home, I can understand why you probably don't want to, mate, because it is a magnificent set up isn't it yeah it's um i'm pretty lucky with the place we got here Uh, i got the pool out the back so weather's starting to uh starting to come good so we're we're in the pool a bit now um got a golf course out the back which actually just shut down so that's more a dog walking park now uh or or you know we go fishing out there um and i can now hit golf balls out there without you know killing anyone so it's um it's yeah it's it's a good setup. If you're going to be stuck somewhere, this is not a bad place to be stuck. Now, Leash, I just want to uh, create a probably one of the funnier interviews I've ever seen in my in my life. To be honest, it brought me to tears. I just want to recreate the moment if I can. I don't want to go back there, but I just want to give you a second chance at answering this question if you don't mind. How do you know what you don't know? Yeah, so that's a. So I'm actually that was geez, that's probably two years ago now. I'm actually more confused now about what the answer is than what I was when she asked it. I think I said no. Um, I've been told that it's actually the answer is yes. I've just I've, it just completely hit me for six that question. The As look, you can probably tell by the look on my face. The look on your uh, face was unbelievable. Oh, geez, that was. <laughs> Well, the look on my face, and then what was going on in my head? Because the lady was from Albania, so I, I, every time she asked a question, I struggled to understand her. And I'm like, surely that's not what she asked. And um, I, I was just like, my brain was just spinning in my head. <laughs> yeah, not much goes on in my head very often, but that was certainly yeah, a bit of activity in it then. <laughs> just to get back to the board obsession, just to um, I just want to. I've heard a bit of a story that uh, you're over there having sipping on one of the new Leishman lagers at uh, at one point with your old man Trooper in the middle of the night and just decided to burn your front lawn. How did that all come about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, so my lawn's it's Bermuda, so it goes completely brown in the winter. Uh, it doesn't grow. Um, 
like you know, a lot of the golf courses in Melbourne, um, in the colder areas, that you know they brown off, but mine goes completely white. Uh, so, so, and if I cut it and bag up the grass, like I, I, I actually did the backyard this year, but I so I bagged all the grass from the front. It was a hundred garbage bags full of grass. <laughs> so the you know that's hard work and all that getting rid of that. Um, pay backyard, someone to do that. At least you pay I, um, someone. I just yeah. Well, I just burnt it. Zero bags. So yeah, we we'd, we'd had a few um, we'd had a few beers, and so it was probably seven o'clock. We maybe just had dinner and probably had a fire going out the back as well that wasn't on the lawn in the fire pit, and then decided to just throw it on the uh, on the grass, and it got away good. Um, so it was, uh, it was safe. I mean, I had the hose ready to go, and it was. I mean, it grew really quickly. It went black, so I guess it. Yeah, it came through real good. So I did it again this year, actually. So it's, uh, yeah, you have to do it at night so it doesn't piss the neighbours off too much. <laughs> There's one part of that story that you got wrong, Ludy. You said uh, that uh, Mark and his dad, Trooper, were having a couple of sips. Trooper doesn't sip, does he, Mark? He's one of the best at it. He loves that Leishman Lager, big fella. <laughs> oh, he loves it. Yeah, he doesn't sip. I've got to be careful when he's uh, when he's over here, actually. We... Um, <laughs> Probably go a little bit too hard, um, <laughs> which is fun. You know, makes for some good storytelling, but uh, and some good fires too. But uh, yeah, he he <laughs> does love a beer, and as as I do. I have to just tell a little story, Chuck, and I know uh, you've, uh, you're chomping at the bit there, but uh, one no, day, no, no, that's fine, mate. Hand and League Live calling the football, and uh, as you do, you kind of, you know, every now and then you kind of get a couple of blokes in the crowd that are downstairs, and, you know, you have a bit of a laugh and a bit of fun out the window, and, you know, like and it's live on radio and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, one day, Trooper was there with the great uh, Brof, and uh, they were having a few beers. It was up at the Friendly Society's Park, and, uh, you know, we kind of honed in on the boys all day. You know, kind of keeping account how many beers they're having, and we're talking about it on air as you do. Anyway, Trooper said to me a couple of weeks later at golf, he said, You put me in. He said, The missus was coming home from Melbourne. She didn't know I was at the football, and she's listening to the football. All she heard all day was Troopers on the piss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she. She wouldn't have been surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Over to you, Chuck. Yeah, well, as you can see, Lee, this is one of the more serious uh, interviews you would have done in your sporting career, and uh, this podcast is all about taking the piss out of each other and, uh, you know, a light-hearted nature. I love that story about the grass. It just, I mean, it's a very warnable story. A lot of warnable people sort of burn grass and uh, in their backyard and maybe <laughs> big fellow used it for other little alternatives. Um, but uh, I just wanted to ask you, and, I mean, we've obviously watched you all around the world, and I'm intrigued by golf as the concentration, and this is actually a, a, a joke question, not a not a serious one. But when you're actually over a putt, or when you're on the on the um, on the tee, and it goes silent, can you give us the funniest piece of feedback you might have received from somebody in the crowd, or as you're wandering down, you know, St Andrews in the playoff, and something that's been said from the crowd that's amused you? Oh, geez, I get a lot of stuff. Not really said to me; it's said at me, um, as I'm sure <laughs> you boys would have done on the on the cricket field, uh, particularly in Presidents' Cups. Um, yes. There was one Presidents' Cup. It, it was in America. I won't say where it was, but uh, it was in America. And there was these blokes. There was about probably eight or ten of them into me. Um, and you know, normally you can bite your tongue, but we were getting our asses kicked, and I bit back and. Uh, I think he he was talking about I don't know what he was saying whether it was my, I had the wrong colour socks on or it was something really stupid and um, yeah, yep. so I, I ripped back into him go from about ten hecklers to about fifty <laughs> just like it's like what you know just oh it's like you idiot you know what do you <laughs> just some little <laughs> stuff like that um, but as far as as far as some like specific stuff. Um, I don't know if you, you listen to it that much or, or take it in. Um, well, like when you're playing with Tiger, he gets a lot of stuff said to him that's actually sometimes pretty. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. I, I can't think of one specific thing, but there's, there's a, we have a lot of stuff thrown at us. 
You just mentioned Tiger Woods' leash. Uh, you've got to play with him a fair bit, and you've become pretty close. Uh, I know talking to you, uh, you know, 12 months ago, we had a little round out here at Warnable, and the, you were telling and sharing some some really awesome Tiger Woods stories. Uh, he's a ripping fella by the sounds of it, and uh, and you two kind of get along. Can you just explain uh, how that kind of all come about? Yeah, um, well... You know, as you, I've been on tour 12 years now, so, um, you know, you get to know everyone a little better the the longer you, you're on there. And um, in, I, I played my first eight or nine years, I probably played with him four or five times. Uh, and then 2018, I believe it was, I played with him probably oh, 10 or 12 times in, you know, probably between eight, the Masters and, um september so um yeah it's, he's great to play with um we're both pretty quick we i mean i'm not scared to talk to him i think a lot of people who play with him are very very intimidated by him and of course mm. i respect him a lot but you know he's at the end of the day he's just a normal bloke and um yeah we i was actually playing with him at the first two rounds of the masters in in 18 and um it was the year, I don't know if you remember the shot, but I, I pulled my drive on 15 and had to hit this huge hook around the trees, which pr- I probably should have laid up, to be honest. Um, but it was about a 60 or 70 metre hook that I had to hit over water and then to a tight pin. And I hit it to um, to about probably four feet, which it would have been a great <laughs> shot just to get it on the green anywhere. Um, anyway, so, you know, when you when you bowl a strike, when you go 10-pin bowling and you're walking back and you don't really know what to do, you don't know whether to smile or... <laughs> throw a bit of shit at the blokes you know you're you're bowling with or playing with and so I'm walking back and trying not to smile and he sort of says oh you know shot leash I'm like yeah thanks Tiger and uh, then he says I suppose I can't effing lay up now can I and uh, (laughs) just starts laughing and I think I'm leading the Masters at the time and he's fighting to make the cut and um yeah, it was it was just a pretty cool moment, you know, just to to hit a shot like that in front of, you know, probably the what's been the world's greatest golfer ever. You, you just touched on, uh, you know, like he, he's a competitive beast, isn't it? I remember a story you shared with me, uh, and you said that, you know, when he's up and about, you know, like and and he'll play, you know, because he, he he's you know he wants to use any angle he can, uh, you know, he'll kind of uh, he'll make his putt and then he'll walk off. Uh, to the next hole because he knows the crowd's going to follow and will put the pressure on the person standing over the putt. All that kind of stuff comes into play. You don't think about that, do you? Yeah, he uses um, all that to his advantage, and as he, as he should. I mean, I would if anyone cared that I was actually on the golf course. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, like if if you know if I've got a four footer for par, for instance, and he's um, you know he puts his twenty footer up to two foot generally he'll mark it so let you putt and then he'll go and um and then so the crowd's still for your putt if you're in the last round and you're up against you know you're you're head to head with him he'll tap that in so everyone's moving and screaming and then you've got all that stuff to deal with so um you know i played with him in my rookie year actually in 2009 and the last round of the BMW when he, he actually won it off in his second. But um, so we're in the last group on Sunday and the first 10 holes, he didn't really say a word. I made a bit of a run at him um, sort of early on the, on the front nine and, um, and then he just ran away with it. But, you know, so he didn't speak a word to me the first nine holes. And then after that, he was nice as anything cause he knew he was kicking my ass. So it was, um, it's just, you know, it's, it, he's, it's, it's it's good, you know. You can see it, but you you know you, you respect it, and you know you'd probably do the same thing if that was how it works for you. And people probably don't realise leash, but uh, you were telling me also that that uh, the tiger has is it something like six or eight uh, FBI agents that uh, that are with him constantly, um, you know, on a golf course. And, and I'm pretty sure is that the top twenty players in the world, you have a couple with you following you around and all that kind of stuff that just mingle in the crowd and stuff. Is that how it works? Yeah, so I don't know how many he has. He probably he has at least two, probably more. Um, but yeah, if you're in the top twenty in the world, um, you have to have a an armed security guard with you. They walk inside the ropes, and um, they generally don't show them on TV. But you know, one of the 
well, the the head guy that runs all the security, his name's Danny Coulson, and um, he was used to be the director of the FBI. So he's retired now, but um, he's got some. I've been out for dinner with him a few times and got some um, unbelievable stories. Um, just you know, stuff that goes on behind the scenes and that you probably prefer not to know about. To be honest, come on, give us, <laughs> give us yeah, one, is, give us one of those, few, give us we one do of those give stories. A few threats. Give us, give us one of those stories. Oh, just us... about that. Just um, he was, he used to negotiate. Um, he used to, he was being the director. He was big into hostage negotiations. So, um, you know, when I don't know the the name of the show, but you know the the hostages that might be held over in Israel or wherever it is, you know, over that way, um, they. Um, he will have to plan the for the seals how they're going to do it to go in and get them out, um, and just you know him telling the stories of of that is is pretty amazing. You know, like he's planning for eight guys that have to go in and get through these these guys and then these guys to get to the hostage and then get them out. It's just it's pretty amazing, and and you know they're the guys that are looking after us, which is you know pretty reassuring. Yeah, unreal, unreal. Ludy, Ludy, I know it's Ludy. It's your turn for a question. That that sounds very much Ludy, like uh, when the South Australian cricketers uh, were at the May races down at the Whalers. It was a very similar operation, wasn't it? Trying to get up there. <laughs> you couldn't get in, Chuck. That was the guy. They wouldn't let you in. <laughs> too old. I just want. I just want to ask Lee. I want to confirm a story whether it's true or not because. In Waterville every year they have the, the win the car with a little 80, 80 metre chip and um, hole at one contest down at the Lady Bay there near the breakwater. I believe, Stu, you might have been opening it this year with, with uh, Leash, I'm not sure, but rumour has it that Leash got invited down to open the, uh, the chip and putt and uh, he walks down in his songs, brings his lob wedge, <laughs> hits a hot dot and it lands within a foot and he goes, get me a Titleist and I'll put it in. Sure enough, I give him a Titleist and he put it straight in second shot. Any truth. That is Come. a true that is a true story. Leash, you tell it. True story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So there was a, me and a few footballers down there um, and we, uh, you know, I probably hit, I don't know, 20 balls, I guess. And, you know, because all the balls fly differently. I'm used to hitting the, you know, I use Callaway ball now, a certain type of Callaway. It flies a certain way. Uh, and I know exactly, pretty much that's the only ball I hit. Um, even on the range over here, when we're, when we're warming up, we have, there's about four different types of Callaway balls on the range and I get to pick the one that I actually use. So yeah, there's hot dots and top flights and all sorts of stuff. They're flying, one will go over the clouds and then one will come out real low and spinning. And so, yes, it is true. I did say, I think I was, I was actually going up against, um, Jonathan Brown when I when I made the one and um, yeah it was it was with the ball I think it was a, a similar ball but um, it was funny because there was probably I don't know a couple of hundred people down there and they were you know it's ninety meter shot so not an easy shot onto a Kikuyu green um, and they're all expecting me to make a one it's like oh when's <laughs> when's he gonna make one is this freaking good or what <laughs> so so it was um, yeah it was it was it was pretty funny when it actually went in. I was I was as shocked as anyone. I've actually got the photo. I've got a photo of me and Leash high fiving. Uh, Brownie's in the background just piercing himself. Uh, Zach Merritt was there that day. Marty Gleason was there as well. And uh, the crowd just it was a talking point around town that whole summer. Leash. Everyone just could not believe it that you stood there and you delivered in front of about uh, three or four hundred people. That's gold. Yeah, I think you're right about the bare feet or the thong too. I don't think I'd choose on. Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't you haven't you haven't mentioned it yet, so I'll give you an opportunity. Uh, did they have a Nissan Warrior up for uh, prizes that day? Because we know, of course, uh, you need to get that in, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, now listen. I'm glad you brought that up, Chuck. The Nissan Warrior, our great sponsor out at Clinton Balsh, and Clinton Balsh, incidentally, leash actually sponsors the hole-in-one and gives away a car each and every year. And I reckon uh, when, when Leash is in town, uh, Bolshe, uh, well, the car yards look after him anyway, that is for sure. And uh, you would look magnificent, I reckon, in a uh, brand-new Nissan Warrior Leash. Yeah, beautiful. I've heard they're pretty good. I think Dad's got a Nissan truck, actually. Nissan Ute. 
Yeah, well, that, that'd be it. That'd I don't be know his... which one it is, but uh, yeah, he loves it. Well, he might, loves have to, it. might have to make sure we look after Trooper around the traps in that is for sure. <laughs> hey, yeah. Enough of the sponsors. <laughs> Give me a shot, because I want to ask this question, because uh, so far all we've told him is how good he is, and, you know, with the shot with Tiger and then the hole down there at Lady Bay. Uh, we're going to do a segment a bit later, Leash, after you've left us, and you've got to go and put the kids to bed over there. We've heard how good you are, and we've watched it, and we love it. We love you're a country boy, and you've made good. But what about your most embarrassing moment on the golf course? Has there been a time where you've just actually wanted to crawl into the hole and hide? There must be something that sticks out to you, your most embarrassing. Yeah, there's probably two. Um, I remember my first year as a pro, I was playing the Korean Tour, and Hadn't really ever played in front of TV cameras or anything like that. Um, and when you with golf, when they, when you're playing on TV or when there's cameras around, there's always a microphone around. So I'm either leading this tournament or close to leading this tournament. And my caddy was actually my um, my agent at the time, and I'm <laughs> playing pretty good. And I sort of look over me, you know, as you do, you you know, occasionally you need to fart. And um, so I look over my left shoulder, no, I'm safe. Look over my right shoulder, no, I'm safe. Cock my leg and just let it go. And there's a bloke about probably one metre behind me with a microphone and a time. And I'll tell you what, those bunkers just weren't big enough. It was a, it was a good one, good crisp one. And, uh, you like it? Like it? <laughs> that was a good one. And, uh, yeah, that, that's probably number one. And then when, whenever you hit someone, I mean, I... I I was at um, Hilton Head a few years ago and I had a gap in the trees and thought I'll go up, hit it through that gap and hit a pretty good shot. Thought it was going to land next to the green. There was no trees around and it sounded like a tree. And I'm like, oh, I said to Maddie, there's no trees there, is there? He's like, no, I don't know what that's, what's that is. Anyway, I hit a lady in the head. And um, so I get up there, she's laying flat on her back, oh, hit her no. right in the temple, pull the blood around her head. Oh, and um, so we we hit people all the time, but it's generally not that bad. And you know, so I get up there and it's like, what do I do? So just you know, do as you do. You sign a glove, and I'm like, look, I'm really sorry. Like, I hope you're all right. Here's a glove for you. She's like, no, I'm not here to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, stay down there. You should have yeah, said, <laughs> keep your glove. <laughs> I just I just threw it onto her chest and walked off. <laughs> Keep your glove. <laughs> can I can I ask Leash? Right, like you're playing for millions, right? You know, like you're just all the time, you know. And and we, you know, you often, you know, we play with mates, and you might play for a little bit of cash, you know, twenty bucks, thirty bucks, fifty bucks, or something. You're standing over putts, and you you miss them. A lot of, and, you lot know. of farting going on, <laughs> yeah. fella. A lot of farting over those putts. <laughs> what, what is it like? Like you know, like does it go through your head? You know that you're standing over a putt that's worth like, you know, maybe one point five million dollars. Like what? What goes through your head at those times? Um, I'll say early in my career I did. Um, you know, my first probably five years on tour, definitely. You know, you have, you, you know last couple of holes of a tournament. You know you you're careful not to do anything stupid. And, um, you know, if you have a five footer on the last, you're pretty nervous over it because you know it's worth a, a, a bit of money. But um, I guess I'm very lucky now that, I, you know, the money's obviously awesome. Um, but, you know, you're playing more for the trophies now. So I can play, um, yeah, I, I don't feel nerves about the money anymore. I, I definitely used to. I actually made a really good putt at Bay Hill this year on the last green from about six foot that was that made me an extra four hundred, which was um, <laughs> which was really really big big putt, you know, knew, knowing it was for the difference between second and tied second and outright second. So that was um, yeah, that was obviously very sweet walking off that green, having lost the tournament, but knowing that you know you're still going to get a good check. It's nice. At least, I mean, we, we take the piss a lot, but I'm intrigued, and I was hoping this would come up because I did want to ask you, I suppose, as a coach of another sport, the mental side of the game, this is a real serious question. Uh, to me, golf is the most where you have to have a steal and you have to be able to get into the zone, whether it's over a putt that you just spoke about or you're on the tee, you know the world dies are on you, there's huge crowds there, you know. 
how much work have you done, just for our listeners, uh, being a country boy and from what I hear, a pretty laid-back sort of fellow, you're obviously great at work. The mental side of it, how crucial and how much work goes into that? Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, I guess playing as a club golfer, playing on a Saturday, you know, you might play once, twice a week. Um, you know, you don't really have to get in and out of shots. You just cruise. When we're playing, you know, four rounds a week in tournaments and then, you know, a couple of practice rounds, um, it's very important to try and conserve energy. So to do... Early in my career, I wasted a lot of energy between shots. Um, the most important thing for me, I guess it's a little bit like being a test batsman maybe um, or, a, you know, a, a high-class batsman. Is N- Neither um, of these boys know what that's like. You have like. to get in and out of it. No, you have to get in and out of the shots. So you need to be relaxed, I guess, in on the walk between shots. But then the 30 seconds you know, your preparation for the shot and while you're over the shot, that's when you really have to, to zone in. So really you've only got to concentrate, like really concentrate for maybe, I mean, 30 minutes a day, hopefully only, 30, 35 minutes a day. Um, so that, that that's where it's really important. You can't be stressing about, all right, where's my ball? Is it behind that tree or is it not behind the tree? What am I going to do? It's like you've got to assess it when you get there. Just worry about having an easy yep. walk and, that's what I um, I think about. And also, for me, what's very important is um, looking at where I want to hit it, not where I don't want to hit it. Um, so it's like if you're driving down a road, a, a really narrow road, and there's a truck coming at you, you're, you've got to look at where you want to drive, not at the truck. Because if you're looking at the truck, you'll probably hit it, I guess. I mean, I've, I've never been a great cricketer, but I, I guess it's the same if you, you've obviously got to be aware of where the fieldsmen are, but you want to be looking at the gaps, not the fieldsmen. Um, so I'm assuming that's somewhat similar. I like no, it. That's fantastic. No, that's really good and a good insight there, and, and there is some correlations. I won't go on with it, but I'm surprised, Big Felt, Maddie, that you're, you're actually not a better golfer because when Lee said you only have to concentrate for 30 minutes a day, <laughs> I mean, you should be bloody good at golf. Now, do you know what? We actually paired up. Me and Lee <laughs> paired up last uh, well, couple, of, couple of Christmases ago now. Uh, so it was me and the big fella took on uh, Trooper and uh, and Monkey, and uh, believe it or not, we got rolled that day, Leash. I don't know how we, I don't know how it happened, big fella, but we didn't we didn't well, win the chockies, mate. What happened? No, you to don't us? Let the, you, well, you don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's <laughs> what we won. Now, this is a true story. <laughs> he absolutely carried me that day. Yeah. I had an absolute shocker. But uh I think Leash from memory, I reckon you had you shot seventy one and quote unquote when we were walking up the eighteenth or something, you turned around and you said Geez, I haven't really thought about uh, putting too much today. And I reckon you missed seven or eight putts from kind of four or five foot that you just kind of walked up, didn't even line them up and stuff. So if you had made them, you would have been looking at like a 65 or a 66. And uh, and it was just an amazing... Uh, one of the best experiences of my life, boys, seriously, to play with a bloke of this mm. calibre. I, I, I'm, still, I'm still blown away. And I think I said to your leash after the round... As I'm a hack golfer, uh, just go for a bit of fun. But I think I said to you, Leash, I said, listen, I, I feel a bit embarrassed, to be honest, because there's so many people at this golf club at Warnable that would just, you know, give their right nut, so to speak, to uh, to go out and have a round with Leash. And, uh, and, 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 and that's how I felt because, you know, I, I just felt like, oh, geez, I wasn't worthy. But you said to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said, look, to be honest, I, I prefer just getting out, having a, having a bit of fun, having a knock around, you know, and just, you know, having a laugh. Is that right? Is that how you feel sometimes when you come back? Yeah, I mean, if I'm playing just for fun, yes, for sure. I mean, uh, or if it's not in a tournament, um, you know, like in a, in a Pro-Am, we have a Pro-Am every Wednesday before tournaments and you just hope like hell you don't get the, the group of guys that want to win. They're yeah. like, all right, we, you know, you just hope you get the ones that don't care what they shoot. I'd rather play with someone that shot 120 <laughs> and didn't care and had a great day than someone who shot 67 and carried on about the four footer they missed on the last for a 66 you know what I mean like because no one cares how anyone plays it's just you're out there to have some fun especially when it doesn't matter in a you know just a fun Saturday a game or just out for a 
for a hit. Um, so yeah, I'd much prefer to go out there, have just have a hit around, and then um, just enjoy it. Yeah. Can I just ask one more, Patrick Reed? I have to ask, what's he like, mate? Because he cops uh, a fair bit uh, uh, socials and uh, in the media and stuff. Uh, what is he like in real life, big fella? He cops a bit. Um, I, I get along with him okay, actually. Um, but yeah, obviously he's done a couple of things that he's probably not proud of. Um, we'll probably leave it at that. <laughs> who's, who's, who's the best bloke to have a beer with and who's the, who's the one that you'd probably steer clear of? Being diplomatic. Best bloke to have a beer with. Um, best bloke to have a beer with. Scotty loves a beer, actually. Adam Scott. Um, hmm. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a dark horse. Um, <laughs> the Americans, I would say Harold Varner is, uh, is a lot of fun. Yeah, he, he comes and plays my charity event every year and, um, yeah, loves the chap also. So, um, and then, I mean, there's probably a few guys that, you know, you'd prefer, <laughs> prefer to avoid at a bar if you could... If you could, just the name, uh, I'll go no, no no just in case this goes no a bit further. No, it's only going to Waterville. Yeah. No <laughs> <laughs> hey mate listen we appreciate your time um you know like it's uh it's absolutely awesome i know the world's in lockdown and that at the moment and you're you're living in the states and you, you mentioned you touched on audrey um you know she had a near-death experience uh three or four years ago now mm. um you know and you, you've got to stay safe with the family and the kids are growing up and um you know life's hectic and all that kind of stuff but we really appreciate it and uh and i must say too uh the support uh that you give the golf club back here at warnable um you know and they give you support too, mate. Craig Bonney and your dad, Trooper, and, uh, you know, the whole uh, Warnable fraternity, they absolutely uh, adore you. They follow you with uh, just so much bloody pride and stuff. They just love it down here every time you're, uh, you're playing and stuff. They certainly get right behind you, and uh, you've never, ever forgotten where you come from, Leash. Uh, that's the key to it, and that's the key to you, mate. And uh, Chuck and Ludie, I can tell our listeners, when he comes home, Town and country pizza and pasta sales go through the roof because he absolutely <laughs> tears the pizzas apart. You love them, big fella, don't you? <laughs> love them. Yeah, sensational pizzas. Have we got time for a little quiz or not? Because I've put one together to take you out. Take you on, well, Warnable boys on today. Well, Leash, we've had quizzes over the last couple of weeks, which I've done for the boys. They've been towed up by their opponents. Uh, actually, no, Ludy, Ludy beat Paddy yeah, Dangerfield. I... Have you got time, Leash, to hang around for a little quiz? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I reckon I'll go right on this quiz. What's I've not, a... No idea what it's about. What's a quiz going to be on, Ludy? Right, I've uh, I've worked hard at this all week. I've decided to put another Nissan Warrior on the line, thanks to Clinton Bolsh. So uh, the, the youth's on the line That'll again. Be... Happy to give another one away, two weeks in a row. I don't know if going to be shipping over to Florida. Yeah, well, that's Bolsh's cost, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be around Warnable things. So it's going to be Warnable-centric. Stewie claims to be the mayor, un- unaccounted mayor of Warnable. So um, we've put, we put on the line. This will be the, the unofficial mayor between Leash and... <laughs> I'm Question gonna, number one. I'm just going to chime in. Now the buzzers are our names, Leash, but I reckon I've got a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an edge here because that delay all the way to the states. If I can't beat you on the buzzer, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Correct. I'm going to allow a five-second delay. So Leash is winning. Leash is getting first crack at everything. <laughs> right, let's go. Question number one: Party pies are commonly referred to as what? Leash. <laughs> Leash, really first. Perfect. Thanks for coming. <laughs> one nil. Well played, Leash. I'll just let you have that one, mate. Just make you feel com- just make you feel comfortable. <laughs> I am I am a famous surf spot where someone Big is buried. Fella. Big fella. Oh, I think Leash might have just snuck in there. <laughs> yeah, Leash Leash got in there. Come on, yeah, Leash. Granny's grave. Oh. <laughs> Correct, Leash. Well, I thought he might on have forgot fire. about the old Granny's grave, yes. On fire. 2-0, Name them. 2-0. Name the movie made about Warnable's fairy penguins. Leash. Oh. Leash. Yep. Oddball. <laughs> yeah, come, well there's no, there was no delay there. That was quick. You were well really like you well wouldn't done. believe. Question number four. Wilma was a famous Big Warnable fella. what? Big oh, fella. I'm going to have to give the big, I'm gonna have to give the big fella that one. A whale. Yes. 
Well done to you on the board. 3-1. 3-1. 3-1. A popular warnable statue is nicknamed Big what? Big fella. Leash. I think that might have been Leash going by the delay. <laughs> that was Leash. Very <laughs> Leash. Yeah, that was definitely Leash. That's a dirty angel. <laughs> Correct. Uh... I don't know. I just want to run a little who am I past you. <laughs> who so am just I? chime in when you think you know what it is. Leash. <laughs> Leash. Good work. <laughs> who is it, Leash? I Tim Luderman. <laughs> Oh, it could it could well be it could well be. Let's just let me read a few of the things. The first clue is I'm a genuine superstar of my chosen sport, so it could be me. It could be me. <laughs> Next clue. <laughs> I went to Waterbury College. Mm, yeah. Next clue. Could be me only. I am follically challenged. Uh, Sounding like Ludi. Sounding like Ludi. Definitely Ludi. <laughs> I want to hold a record for the fastest BBL in Pink Bash history. <laughs> oh, Leash. Leash. <laughs> Leash. Uh, I think he's got it right. It's me. Yeah, Timmy Ludeman. Timmy Ludeman. Hey, do you know what? He, he had a bit of a complex leash when he knew I was getting you on. Uh, he was probably thinking, gee whiz, you know, I thought I was the biggest thing to come out of Warnable. But uh, once he knew that uh, it was the great Mark Leishman coming on, uh, he was pretty shattered. Mate, we appreciate your time, big fella. You're a superstar. Looking forward to seeing you uh, return. You're absolutely flying, mate. You seem to be getting better with age. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us on uh, Keeping It Real. No worries. Thanks, boys. Great chatting. That was fun. Uh, he's a good man. Marky Leishman. Thanks, Leish. Stay safe. Say good day to Audrey and the kids too, mate. See you, boys. Uh, he's an absolute champion, Thanks, that mate. is for sure. Yeah, will do. Absolute superstar. Mark Leishman and uh, Darren uh, and uh, and Ludy. Doesn't get much bigger than that, does it, you blokes? You've done well, Stewie. You've done very well. He's a champion right. fellow too, which makes it all that bit better. He is a champion fellow. Now, now, Chuck, you touched on it there before, and I want to get uh, our own stories uh, about our most embarrassing sporting uh, highlights. Ludy, I'm going to start with you, oh. big fella. Leash had a couple of crackers there. What do you got for us? Uh, it's an interesting one. I was sort of trying to think of one. I had two that stood out, but I'm going to go with the, the more disgusting one, I suppose. Chuck might know about this, but Stewie definitely wouldn't. But it, as an elite sports person, you have to do drug tests from time to time. Um, and people at home might know what you have to do. But you actually, you come off the field and you get the tap on the shoulder and you, you get basically a minder who follows you everywhere and they check everything that you do until you can take a wee. And then when you take a wee, you have to, uh, you have to drop the dax down to your knees and they stand in front of you and watch the wee physically come out of your bits. What's that thing? So just looking at you. Just staring straight at me, old fella. Oh, and see, I'd struggle. Confronting. I would struggle. It's hard. It's, I, it's very I, hard. I, I get stage fright at the MCG, Saka. You know, like, I, I kind of saddle up bloody. to the urinal, and I'm struggling there. It's bloody hard to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult process, and, then, and a lot of people do take a long time. So, Ludy, keep going. You're, you're drug testing. You've dropped the pants down. Is this what you're telling us? Well, it goes back a little bit. I come in the last session of a Shield game, and we were outfielding, so I was wiki-keeping. Two and a half hour session, about half an hour in, I started to go, jeez, I need to drop the kids off at the pool here. Mm. And I'm like, oh, trouble. And then as I'm walking off the ground, I get the tap on the shoulder and I thought, oh, no, I'm in trouble here. I'm in a lot of trouble because I need to do number twos, not number ones. Mm. So I head into the, uh, and I was pretty desperate at the time, so I grabbed him and went straight into the torch and said, let's get this done. Anyway, try to force out the, uh, the wee, couldn't do it. Need to do number twos. So the drug tester man was standing there. This wasn't part of the drug tester. <laughs> <laughs> he had to watch me do. He had to watch me do number two to get the sample. Oh no! <laughs> and all that was only me, all, all that was only me and him in the room. Oh, he's earned it his was cash. Definitely my most embarrassing moment. Hey, that poor bugger has earned his cash, had he, Chuck? Look, seriously. Uh, are you telling me, Luke? He literally had to leave the door open and watch Richard the uh, Third. <laughs> He had to watch the full Monty, did he? He didn't get to shut the door. You probably couldn't because you might have been doing something illegal. Oh. Correct, correct. They have to watch the whole process because oh, they need mate. to see it come from you. Uh, pretty embarrassing and oh pretty disgusting. Goodness. I don't know whether I'm I could sure. crap in front of anyone either. I, don't, I just don't I'm know sure, whether I could. I'm sure it's happened to someone else out there in elite sports. Jeez. I'm sure I'm not alone. What about you, Saka? What do you got for us, mate, when it comes to embarrassing sporting moments? 
not as disgusting, but highly embarrassing. The, the biggest uh, disappointment of my life, and I've actually shared it this week with my children uh, on an old DVD. It is a sporting-related one, but nothing to do with cricket. At the end of my career, uh, after I played the last game in, in the tragic year when we lost David Hooks, we won the Sheffield Shield final at the MCG. We beat Queensland. And as you would know, uh, big fella, the EJ Witten Legends football match comes around every year and yes. occasionally they'll invite a guest player. Yes, yes. And now, now Sarka, uh, uh, this might surprise you, Sarka fancied himself as a footballer as a young bloke. I have heard this. I haven't played, all right, for 15 years. I, I did play down at St Kilda in the under-19s, and I thought I was the real deal. And the, the highlight of my life, probably, I've got a, a team sheet, St Kilda under-19s, first ruck rover, Darren Berry, changing on the half-forward flank with Nathan Burke. That's my... That's my so this, the, I get the invitation as the Victorian cricket captain, uh, retiring from cricket, why don't we invite Chuck to play at Etihad Stadium, 30,000 in the house, it's on TV. So I've run all my mates from Wonsaggy, make sure you watch me, make sure you watch me, I'll be good, I'll be good. And uh, I was a little bit nervous as I run on the radio. I looked around, there was Dermy, there was Matera, there was bloody, you name it, they were playing. Johnny Platten, I've got, I've been picked in the Ford pocket. So I've gone down and I look up and uh, Andrew McKay from Carlton, you remember oh, the... Uh, good the player. Well, he's lined up on me, and he's only recently retired. He's fit as anything, and I'm as fat as a house. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get a kick? Because I've told all the Wonsaggy boys to watch. Well, long story short, I was only about four minutes into the first quarter. Down she comes. Nathan Burke, who's playing, picks the ball up. He turns out of the pack, and he handballs to Sarka, who's, I reckon, 22 metres out from goal. A slight angle and no one within 10 metres. It was my moment in the sun, Stewie, <laughs> to nail it. Nathan Burke fed the handball. Sarkis got it, and I'm thinking, as I got the ball, the boys in Monsaggy's going to be so proud. Sarka threw it onto the right shoe. As I did, the left foot sort of slipped from under me. It's gone across the face of goal and did not register a score. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, James Brayshaw called me a new arsehole. He was commentating. And I thought during the week, because like, you know, I try and coach my son, and he said, Dad, we are good at footy. So I pulled out the EJ Witten game, and I said, watch Dad, watch Dad in action. Well, shit, mate, the kids were laughing for three days. They said, you're useless, Dad. Can you, please, so can you please get that footage and we will put it up on our Twitter handle. You've copped a bit of a pasting already on our Twitter handle, Chuck Ludy. Oh, uh, that was terrible. Uh, Timmy Ludeman, uh, you know, suggesting that possibly uh, your book called Keeping It Real, uh, you know, he was a bit light on toilet paper and, uh, well, it kind of went viral mm. last week as well. So you've copped the bit, but can yep. you please get us that footage because that would be absolutely brilliant. I'll do my best, but it was very embarrassing. Uh, I was very upset with Timmy's uh, tweet during the week about the toilet paper. A couple, like my sister phoned me and stuff, and she said, are you okay? And I said, oh, it's pretty tough times at the moment. So uh, I did contemplate boycotting this tonight uh, until I uh, heard that we might have an international guest. So uh, that was disturbing, but not as disturbing as my kick. 20 metres out, EJ Witten game, mate. That was an embarrassment of the highest order. I want to see the footage. I can vaguely remember it, and I can imagine Jimmy Brayshaw. He would be absolutely Oh, he'd call me a new one. Get him off, he said. Get him off. Let's hear yours, Stewie. What do you got? Yeah, Stewie, what do you got? I've actually got a couple, boys. Uh, just, uh, just, it just made me uh, made me laugh. Uh, I can remember my old side, Russell's Creek. They were struggling. I uh, had a lot of injuries, and I'd been retired for a couple of years, and I had a mate that was coaching, little piggy main, and he'd kind of been into me saying, hey, can you come back and play? We're just we're light on numbers, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I kind of thought to myself, you know when you're retired, just you're, you're a couple of years out of the game, and you're thinking, yeah, you can just go back and do it. It'll be fine, you know, like everything will be okay. And uh, anyway, I went and trained. Thursday night, not thinking that they were going to pick me straight in the ones, slotted straight in the ones, right? So off one training session, this is kind of in the middle of winter, right? Gets better, Lou, do you like this? I didn't even know who we were playing. It turns out we're playing the top side, which was the power. Kalora and Nurat Power at the time. 
So running out, you know, Pig's giving the big talk before the game. You know, it's good to see the big fella back. You know, he's committed for the rest of the year, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, five minutes into the game, I've lined up at full forward. I've run out. I've let out into the pocket up at the Mac Oval, and I've dived and taken a nice little chest mark. But as I've got up, I've thought, hang on a minute. I've done the hamstring. I've done the string. Not one. I've done both strings. I kid you not, I kid you not, I've done both hamstrings, right? And I'm standing there, and I'm looking at me mate, Pee-wee, big Pee-wee, the big center forward, and we used to have this thing, you know, a little bit of eye contact, and we know, and I'm, I'm about 35 out on the angle, and I'm thinking, I can't kick this, I'm not going to be able to kick the ball, and I'm trying to give him the uh, the little little eyes to say, hey, just leave, leave, mate, I'll just chip it, chip it over to you, and he didn't know how to kick it, and I remember walking back to the goal square, and uh, the, the, my opponent, and uh, Pee Wee and his opponent were standing there, and I said, I think I've done fucking two Emmys, <laughs> They both looked at me and they just cracked up. And I remember I played out the first half. That was the biggest embarrassment ever. And I never, ever played another game of football, boys. That was it. That was the final straw. So two hammies. <laughs> but I have got another story. You might not know this or you might not realise this. But I, uh, I'm i a little bit of a lawn bowler. Um, so I, I, I like the lawn bowls. I've played, I played a little bit when I was a young kid. So when I was about uh, kind of 18, 19, 20, I kind of played a little bit of, of lawn bowls. And uh, we wow. used to, we, yeah, a great game, a really great game. If you haven't done it, get out and do it because it's really, uh, it's awesome. A good team game too. Anyway, there's a tournament, Good Friday, over at Port Ferry each and every year. And uh, me and the old man play and a couple of uh, other mates and that. We, you know, we always kind of get a team together playing fours. All that kind of stuff. And this is back in the day, so it would have been kind of 12, 14 years ago. And it was just whites. There was no colours, uh, no colours at all in uh, in lawn bowls back then. It was just you wore your whites and that was it and you had to wear your gear. And I used to wear the white shorts and the white shirt and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, driving over this, uh, this Good Friday in the car with the boys, and I said, listen, I said, uh, I'll just, uh, just give me the heads up. I said... Uh, just had a little bit of bleeding at the backside last night. I'm just not feeling 100%. And the boys, you know, they're laughing. The old man's laughing, you know, like, oh, gee whiz, you know, hope it, hope it you know, contained itself today, blah, blah, blah. I've got on the mat and put my first bowl down, right? And I've turned, I've put the first bowl down, not a bad bowl, and I've turned around and my mates that were standing on the, on the end behind me were just pissing themselves, laughing. And I'm going, what are you, what's, what's going on? And they're going, oh, no. they had tears. Not, not the flags of the world. They had tears rolling down their face. Anyway, I've had to stand there and put my second one down, you know, and I'm, I'm on the mat, you know, get the butt out and send it down. And they're roaring, like they're, they're literally crying. And I've walked over and I said, what's going on? They said, oh, you, not, don't the, not the you don't want to know. You don't want to know. Yeah, the big red blood spot on the back of the whites, it was the Japanese flag. We're sitting, <laughs> we're sitting there and I didn't believe him because we were talking about it on the way over. I'm thinking, oh, this is a setup. They just, you know, haven't. Anyway, we had to, the old man was skipping, so we had to cross over at the halfway mark. And he goes, what are you laughing about? And I said, oh, they reckon I've got the big blood patch on the back of the old, uh, the old warts and that. And the, the old man just stuck his head around and a look, and the look on his face, he went white. Disgusting. In his <laughs> and I'll never ever forget it. And it, it, I had to play that whole game. I had to stand on that mat with a big Japanese flag. Right for a whole game, we got to the first, like the first quarter, so to speak, and we went in. And I got my mate come in with me, and I got the old jocks off and the shorts, and we give it a bit of a scrub in the toilet. And this old bowler walked in, and we're handing pants over the top, and he goes, "I don't know what I've walked into here, you blokes." Goodness gracious! Oh, it got worse. It got worse. So there you go. I reckon I could write no, a book. No, we're going all right. So, Ludy shit himself, and you've actually, uh, well, I don't know what you've done, to be honest. You follow through. <laughs> I popped a hemorrhoid. our podcast listeners, I, I apologise for our uh, sort of taking it down to a new level tonight. Oh, the old Japanese flag. Unbelievable. Hey, uh, boys, uh, last week, okay, uh, and I had a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback about the TV themes. People could not believe that you did Don't not know. No, we're going there. Okay. Don't go. We Luke, have got. Come on, man. We, we have, can't do this again. We have got some TV themes. Okay. 
and uh, I've tried to make them a little bit easier um, for you guys this week. Um, and if you don't know some of these, it is going to be embarrassing. Ludy, you got towed up by Sarka last week, at least in you a couple. But the fact that you didn't know some of these was unbelievable. So we are going again. Okay, you, you're ready to play, you two? Well, not really, but we'll give it a shot. Have you got your, have you have you put the speaker on for your lovely wife? Definitely has. You have for sure. You have for sure. This is unbelievable. Right, here is theme number one. Yes, I got Sarka. Sarka's got that one. I reckon that was Ludi. Sorry, Sarka. Come on a minute. That was Ludi. What was it, big fella? Friends. Yes, it was friends. Well done, you boys. This is good. This is good. Right, eh? Next one. Got to be quick. Ludy. 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 X Files. X Files. That was definitely Ludy Saka. That is two zip. You uh, need to two. lift. I told you I'm no. I've, I actually knew both of them, but like most of my life, just a little bit slow. <laughs> right, eh? Next one. Next one. More your vintage here, Chuck. Saka. Saka, yes. Oh, I knew that too. Dun, dun, dun. A little bit of Adam's family. Yes. <laughs> These Two. are better, Stewie. These are more than the lifetime. The ones you played last week, the Partridge family and, you know, hillbillies <laughs> and stuff that no one's heard of. This is much Everybody's heard of them. So it's 2-1, Ludie's way, okay? You need to win this one. Saka, that's all I'm saying. Okay, let's go. Here's the story. Yes, Saka, Saka, I'm going to give that to you. Oh, you <laughs> was bringing up two very lovely girls. One of them had hair of gold, like their mother, <laughs> the youngest one in curls. The Brady Bunch. Yes. Here's story. What a great song. Of a lovely lady who was bringing that is up two very lovely girls. <laughs> oh, that is too all. Okay, too all. And guess what? I haven't got it here. No, right, eh? This, this you is haven't what... got a decider. No, here we go. Here we go. This is going to see how much you listened last week. Okay? This is the decider. Too all. Come on, you blokes. <laughs> Come on, you blokes. We've done it last week. I got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Saka. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Saka, you're still Saka. there, but Yes. Saka, now, you, you know in life, and we've been sportsmen, when you make a mistake <laughs> one week, you, you hope that you get better the next week. Yes. Ludy and I clearly... Didn't take any notice of what went on last week. <laughs> Played that for four minutes, and everyone at home listening is saying, These two idiots, we had that one last week. I have no idea, Lou. Did you know what it is? <laughs> I've got no idea either. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. What is this? The dog. The wolf dog. <laughs> uh, the wolf dog. Doing oh, no, that one was Only the dog I can remember. No, that, that was that was the littlest hobo, right? That is this is shame on you. This is the this is another one from last week, okay? Because <laughs> I haven't got a fifth one. Right. Saka, Saka, go, Saka. yes. Magnum Pi. No, no, have a listen. Thank you for being Here it is. Saka, yes, Saka. Now, I, th- I think last week, I'm trying to rack my brain, I think I said something stupid like Laverne and Shirley, yeah. but my memory tells me you said it was the Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the pain! <laughs> <laughs> and can I just... For another little, uh, another little prize. Uh, what was the the uh, the lead lady? I should know her. She's in the Snickers ads. Remember? Um, you know those Snickers ads. She's an absolute ripper. The lead lady in the Golden Girls. I should know that. Are you telling me you don't know the answer? You're asking a question. You don't know the answer. Yeah, to? that's it. That is it. No, you, you blokes. This is never going to be forgotten. Okay, littlest hobo. Two weeks in a row. Uh, been told the answer and did not know. Luke. Ludes, I reckon if he plays it next week, we still won't get it. <laughs>
No, I don't think so. <laughs> Go and do your homework. Hey, talking about TV shows, Ludie, you have got a brand new impersonation hot off the press. Pretty take good. us out, Ludie. Come on. Take us out. What do you got, Ludie? We've for two hours tonight. <laughs> what do you got, Ludie? This, this could be very ugly because I haven't put a lot of preparation into it, but I'm, I'm going to attempt a Joe Exotic. Oh mate! Ooh. Oh mate! Wow, this is uh, this is unbelievable. You, you see, you sure you're going to go with this? You, you you're content with this? Like you're happy with this? No, I'm not happy with it at all. But I'm sure people get plenty of feedback on it. Stewie, <laughs> Stewie, you're going to have to be the judge because, as I've said to you, it's not in my genre. Although one of the Mornington cricketers, I think I said to you, Brad Lynch had a go at this as well. I don't know if you. Oh, mate, I haven't. I. I haven't watched it. Oh, I've I've seen your mate. They sent that via social media. Dead at day. Is it Mornington Cricket Club? Oh, yeah. Do you know what? No good. Oh, mate, it was not bad, but gee whiz, you're going to be in for a long year, I reckon, Saka, if they're starting this stuff early, big fella, you are in for it. This is what I'm dealing with down at the doggies, don't worry, but that's what I drove them to, to be honest, with me as coach, but well, let's ma- hand it over to Ludy as we want Maybe, uh, Maybe the Mornington boys can give me some feedback then if they're tuning in. Oh, this is this is Joey Exotic, okay? And if you haven't watched Tiger King, get around it. Funny, funny show. <laughs> Go for it, Ludes. Tiger King. Hi, I'm Joe Exotic. I'm currently in an American prison because I put a hit on Carol Baskin. And now I traffic big cats for my whole life. But I still managed to tune in to keeping it real with Chuck Ludy and the big feller. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? I don't know. What do you? I wouldn't know. What do you reckon, Stu? I'm going to say your mate at Mornington's absolutely smashed him. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> slayed him, mate. Honestly, no, not one of your best ones, Lou. No one, no one of your best ones, Ludy. I had a go. That's what it's all about. Hey, it is all about having a go. And uh, I listen, admire that. You... I admire that he put himself out there, and I know we've got to go, because we said we weren't going to go over an hour, and we've just ticked over an hour. I just want to say, Stewie, as I leave you tonight, uh, look, uh, I'm, I'm upset, I'm disappointed. Every day in the Herald Sun, you get a story about the sack coach, and I've read about Brendan McCartney, uh, and I've read about all these past great coaches. Unfortunately, this week, as you would know, Stewie, Geelong Cricket Club, have moved on our friends. They've sacked Tim Luderman and what? they've appointed Nick Speak. That's Luderman's got the sack. It's a long story. That's What's the happened? story this week. What, you've been given the ass, big fella? Is that fair, Nickham? That's a fact. Uh, I, think, I think Chuck's a bit dirty about the Twitter post about his using his book for toilet paper because uh, there is no factual evidence in that whatsoever. <laughs> are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me like I tried to tell the world it was a mutual agreement when Sarka got the Sarka at the Sacker? Geelong has replaced you with Nick Speak, and you've come out saying it's a mutual agreement. They said, Stewie, the bald man gave us nothing. Hey, we might have to get that. We're saying that as well, big fella. In our little meetings during the week, the bald man's giving us nothing. You've got to lift on these podcasts. Ludy, come on, mate. What's going on? Are you coaching next year or what? No, 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 no. I've retired from cricket, Chuck. Uh, Stewie, I'm taking up fishing. <laughs> this is great. This is great. We must find out more, okay, Chuck, before next, next week. week. We might even have to get... Uh, we... I'll dig deeper. I'll dig deeper. Yeah, we might actually, and, and I had just a quick shout out to Jackson Merritt. Do you know uh, Jacko Merritt, uh, ex Essendon yep. footballer boys? Uh, yes, I do. He's actually filthy on you, Ludes. Uh, you didn't pick him in a Western Waves cricket team or something. Uh, there <laughs> must have been when he was a kid. And he said he sent me a Snapchat. He lives in WA now, plays with the Perth uh, Thunder, I think it is. And he said, uh, "Tell Ludum I'm, I'm still gunning for him because he never picked me in a Western Waves team or something when he was a youngster." I did coach the Merritt boys when they were young fellas, so yeah, there's a little insight for you. Any good? Any good at cricket? They were they were, they were very talented, yeah, very talented, yep. Definitely. Just not good enough to go to the next level? No, I think they chose the right option. They went to footy. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. Right, Time's up, big fella. We, we've broken our rules. We've gone over an hour. It's been fun. Mark Leishman, hey, well done, Stewie. A good get. I'm not sure where we're going now. We've gone oh, Sayers, oh. Dangerfield, Lion, Leishman... I'm not sure where we go next week. It might have to be Donald Trump. And it's back to Ludy too. The pressure is right on, big fella. Um, So you are going to have to put the thinking cap on. And Chuck, shout out to you too on Sunday, mate. You had your wedding anniversary, big fella. 
Yes, 23 years on Sunday. 23 years my wife and I have been practising social isolation and uh, <laughs> safe distancing. Uh, it's a bit like this podcast. It's been going a bloody long time. <laughs> hey, good on you, boys. We're going to go out with a little bit of minute work down under tonight. Enjoy. Trailhead full of zombies. I met a strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from a land down under? A women go and men wonder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover. I said, do you speak my language? He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. And he said, I come from a land.